Welcome to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Weisel, and it has been a week. I am not one to usually celebrate my birthday big style, but I ended up traveling a bunch for it, and it was really great, and I got, I was gone for almost a whole week, which is why this week's episode, I will not lie to you, is a Churros Hotline Roundup, because... I had very little capacity to get work done in the past seven days to the point that I am editing this one myself. So if you can't hear me or if you're like, this really sounds like garbage, uh, do not blame Jeff. It is all me and I take all the blame. But my my fun birthday shenanigans started with a two-day trip to Disneyland. I was there completely like for 48 hours essentially, which I rarely do because I am semi-local. I live in Los Angeles, but it was so much fun. I stayed overnight, I saw World of Color, I hung out with my friends, I went to Club 33, which I um, I shared a bit about on Instagram. It was very exciting. I had never actually dined in the restaurant before. It was kind of like the, the my final frontier, one might say, of uh, Disneyland secret spaces that I, I had not seen. So it was very lovely to have a little ladies lunch. I, uh, the food was really good. I had previously kind of heard word on the street that the meal's long, like the food's not that great. And the meal was long. I'm pretty sure we were there for three hours for a lunch, which was fine. And we all loved it. Um, none of us were, none of us were like dying to get on a ride that we couldn't get on. We were happy to be there. No complaints in that regard. Um, but it, the food was, the food was fantastic. I was floored. I had two salad courses, which sounds like a cop out, but I really wanted the shrimp salad, which was an entree. And the shrimp was incredible. It was incredible anyway it was a it was such a fun early birthday celebration uh i'm i had a great time and then i went to las vegas for the weekend for my actual birthday and i brought morty if you follow me on instagram you've seen a photo of me with morty in a casino i never thought my my young furry boy would be in a casino uh but it was it was delightful again another whirlwind trip we drove so it was like five hours there on friday spent the night spent the next night drove back basically sunday morning and uh things have been wild since then and i met my best friend's baby i don't know if that's for for public podcast discussion but i've done it all over the past week so i'm thankful that i can answer a few of your calls in this week's episode before we move forward with the rest of the season which uh, I guess we don't even have seasons anymore. It's just rolling episodes, and there is a lot lined up for summer, including and starting with our coverage of the Disney Wish, which I will be sailing on in approximately two weeks, which uh, if you if, if I've mentioned it online by now, you know that's because I'm not leaving my house for two weeks because you got to pass a COVID test to get on board, and I am not messing this one up. I've been waiting years and years and years to go on the Disney Wish, and I will get on that ship. I'm also bringing my mother, which there's a voicemail all about it at the end of this episode, but we are both determined to get on board and we are so, so excited. But I won't bore you with other tales of my birthday week, except that it was just, it was really nice to take a break, as novel as that sounds, but I think a lot of us, especially um, getting into this normal kind of pandemic life that we all live, if you're like me, you went from spending every second in your house, even though I am doing that now again, uh, you went from spending every second in your house available via email, Slack, phone, whatever, 
whatever. And now as you're getting back to real life, you're, you're still kind of pinged just as much. You're getting just as much emails, just as many texts. And it's really hard to slow down and take a break. And I'm, I'm, glad that my friends and my family kind of forced me to and I got to go out and do stuff and take a few days away from my computer and then yeah that's basically it uh let's get started with this week's episode answering some of your fun questions Woo! hey y'all Darius Rucker here you know a lot of people ask me what inspires your music And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Carly, this is Joanna from Los Angeles calling. Uh, I left a message previously that was an incoherent mess, so I thought I'd try again. Um, hopefully, uh, it comes out uh, the way I wanted to this time. First of all, I wanted to apologize for ambushing you with a Loki for your consideration event. I wanted to say hi. I'm glad I did. I wish I could have stopped longer to speak with you a little bit more, but I was running on uh, adrenaline and champagne and a dream, and I needed food. But that's not the reason why I'm calling. The reason why I'm calling is, as a kid growing up, there were these message boards that would talk about urban legends in the Disney parks, uh, mostly surrounding uh, spirits of children and uh, people who had attended the parks previously who had either passed on rides or just passed in general, showing up and people seeing them. Um, I remember this one urban legend about uh, a the spirit of a child in Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin uh, in the middle of this big room. I haven't been on the ride in a very long time, but there are all these cars rotating around. And it was very late at night, and someone claimed they saw the spirit of a child in the middle of the room and thought they were real. Anyway, um, there's also been rumors about uh, guests throwing ashes of loved ones into rides such as the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Um Basically, I wanted to know if you have any stories of urban legends that are either true or urban legends that you find interesting. Um, those are the big ones that I can remember right now. I'm sure there are others. Uh, but, yeah, I'm curious to know what urban legends in the Disney parks you know about. Um, again, sorry for ambushing you. Love the podcast. And, uh Yeah. Talk to you soon, maybe. Okay, bye. Hi, Joanna. Thank you so much for saying hi at the Loki event. For those who don't follow me on Instagram or didn't hear, uh, I went with my friend Jeffrey to this Loki for your consideration event. Basically, life in LA, like 
you know, people joke like the seasons in LA are like pilot season and award season. And truly there is a season for four year consideration events. It's to have people vote, I guess, for the Emmys. I don't know. I'm not in that industry. I just know that if you get a coffee at certain places or if you drive down any street, every billboard is like, vote for our show. We love it. Truly, if you get a coffee, like the wrapping of the cup is advertising a different show every week. It is wild. LA is truly a theme park of cities. But anyway, I went to this very fun event for Loki where we screened the first episode on a actual theater screen, which, oh my God, that show looked so good when it was that big. There was a wonderful panel afterwards. And then there was this like after party. There's fully a party with Food from Craig's, which is like a very like the like ritzy kind of like a reality TV stars go to this restaurant. Um, there was food. There were drinks. There was like a whole hang. Everyone hung out who worked on the show and was in the show. It was very cool. Uh, but I got to also meet Joanna. So that was a total highlight. And thank you again for saying hi. Now, to get to your call and not to talk about uh, meeting Tom Hiddleston and whatever, um, Urban legends. I don't, I don't know too many personally, just because the darker side of Disney doesn't really appeal to me. It's just not my bag. And if it's your bag, that's totally cool. It's just not something I happen to be well-versed in. So if anyone has an urban legend about Disney parks that you'd like to share, feel free to call into the hotline and share it with us. I would love to pay that forward. I think the stuff that more interests and appeals to me is kind of the early history of Haunted Mansion and how it was originally Rolly Crump's Museum of the Weird idea. But that's not urban legendy. That's just kind of fun, funky Disney history. But as for the ashes, yeah, as far as I know, that is absolutely true. There's actually a story about it in the Wall Street Journal from 2018, which I'll link to in the show notes, that cites custodians claiming it happens, at at least then happened, once a month? Once a month. And also adds that uh, when it does happen, they call it a HEPA cleanup, which if you ever hear that, you know we're talking about ashes. Now, That was a few years ago. I don't know how true that is as of late or what kind of trouble you can get in. I mean, you will absolutely be ejected from the park, but I'm not sure of like long-term repercussions beyond that. But yeah, that one is actually definitely true. And please know, uh, you are never ambushing me if you are saying hello. I love to meet you guys in person. It is very exciting. I love to see people wearing merch and run up to them and hug them. It's like so nice to know that you have a friend there in real life. Oh, it's truly exciting. Um, thank you again for saying hello. Thank you for your call. And I, I hope that I hope that some other very amusing listeners can help you out with some spooky stories. Hi, Carly. This is Devin. Um, I just listened to your podcast on what you eat in uh, Walt Disney World, and it was one of my favorites, so thank you. Um, I did have a question. I'm going for my first solo trip to Disney World in January for the uh, 10K during the marathon weekend, and it's my first solo trip, so I've never like eaten at a restaurant just by myself, and I was wondering if you had restaurant recommendations specifically for when you're traveling solo um, or if that doesn't influence your decision at all. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Devin, this is this is such a great call. I'm at Disney World by myself more often than most people, I would say. 
And I really kind of enjoy it. The only pinch point for me lately has been that whenever you are on bus transportation, doesn't matter if it was Disney's Magical Express, doesn't matter if it's Mirrors, doesn't matter if it's Sunshine Flyer, people will look at you weird. People always give you a side eye being like, I'm on vacation with my seven kids. Why is this woman texting on her phone alone in a seat? It's all That is the weird moment. And then after that, everything is gravy. So just to flag that up top, you might feel weird if you're on a bus. Everything else is going to be great. Now, eating solo definitely influences where I decide to eat because I get to do whatever I want when I'm by myself, which is why I love traveling alone. Sometimes that means eating cups of beans from the Mexico Pavilion. And sometimes that means going to town on a glorious meal all by myself because I know I don't have to share with anyone. So I am thrilled to help you on what sounds like it's going to be a fantastic getaway. I mean, running aside, you know, I don't love to run, but still those events are fantastic. So you're going to have a great time. So because we are in Disney and because you have the ability to eat wherever you want, I kind of want to lean into more entertainment style meal recommendations for you. I personally really like seeing shows alone. And I think choosing meals that feel more like events will help make your trip feel so much more like a vacation. It's not that I'm against sitting somewhere like like Flying Fish or Tiffin's or Citra Coast alone. It's just that whenever I tend to eat alone, I am always on my phone. Even if I don't want to be, even if I promise myself I won't be, I end up on my phone. So keeping you entertained and enjoying live music or performances will help break that habit in case that also applies to you. Naturally, my first suggestion is Hoop-dee-doo musical review. I think there is so much crowd participation, so much good food, that you would have a great time being there, even if you're solo. Why not? You can sit on, uh, I think it's called Tier 3, which is like the upstairs seating, so you don't have to pay the whole amount to sit on the floor. You can look down at the show. You can enjoy a buckets full of food. It's a good time. And I, yes, a bit of this is me being like, where would I want to eat alone if I was on this trip? And my first stop would be Hoop-dee-doo musical review. My second suggestion is similarly is Beer Garden, the restaurant in the Germany Pavilion at Epcot. We got a lively polka band that would otherwise be challenging to speak over. And now you can just kind of go to town, have a, a maybe a pre-race carbo sausage load, maybe a post-race protein blast. I don't know. I don't know how to fuel for fitness. Clearly the last time I ran enough to have to eat a lot of carbs was in high school. But Essentially, I think that would be a really, really fun meal, especially if you are going to be somewhat depleted from running that weekend. Uh, A runner-up tangential to this is that if you don't have park admission, go to Disney Springs, go to Raglan Road, live music, it's a vibe, and then you can get that bread pudding for dessert and not have to split it with anyone. It's incredible. I also want to give an honorary mention to Coral Reef Restaurant. And I know, I have said publicly, I will never eat here because I think it's rude to eat a fish while looking at fish. But however, if you can avoid fish on the menu and you want to order something else, I think this would kind of be a really nice place to have a meal alone. I mean, you get to eat, you get to have a nice dinner, you get to watch the fish for like an hour, an hour and a half and not be distracted by your family. You can like truly take in the views, which seems quite good. And maybe the only circumstance under which I would go to Coral Reef Restaurant. A few other recommendations I have, uh, Steakhouse 71, Grand Floridian Cafe, and Wine Bar George, even at the bar, if you sit at the bar, you can have a great meal. I recommend those because to me, the worst thing about dining alone is when you're at a restaurant that is so silent that you kind of, you eavesdrop on other people and you don't want to eavesdrop on them, but you can't help but hear them because the restaurant is so quiet and they know you can hear them. And then it's like, you're spying on them and they know you're spying on them and everything they say, they know that you're also hearing it. I hate that. It's so awkward. It's not spoken out loud. I hate it so, so, so much. So the spots I listed are a little 
a little more lively, a little more family friendly, but still have this kind of inviting cozy vibe. So I don't think that weird, quiet nonsense will be much of an issue. And I'm not sure if this will apply, but just in case, just to flag it, if you happen to not be able to find reservations for one, try booking a table for two. It could help. I've had some luck with certain things before by doing that. Just a heads up, I don't know if the system will kind of block you for one versus two, but it's worth a shot. Thank you so much for calling and have so much fun on your solo vacation. Hi, Carly. This is Kathy from San Jose. I was just calling uh, because I had a question about Rise of the Resistance. Um, I went in March for the first time to Batu, and it was amazing and incredible. Uh, we got the lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance because that was the only thing my husband absolutely needed to do. And it was absolutely worth it, period. Um, my question comes in, though, because I cried. <laughs> the first order made me cry when they were telling me where to go stand for the loading zones. Um, they said, go to blue. I, being the former cast member that I am, filled in all the space, all the way in, went to the farthest blue that was available. Apparently, that was wrong. Um, and they were very in character and were quite mean to me about moving to the correct color, and I cried on the ride, period. Um, I was just wondering if there is a way to stay in character but also say, hey, please be nice to me, period, period. I'm not doing a voice memo. <laughs> um, is there a lanyard? Is there a cast member to talk to? How can I avoid crying in the future, especially since I will probably have my children with me next time? Um, thank you, Carly. Love this show. I know how to spell churros. Thank you. Kathy! No! Oh, no, Kathy! Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry because I've been here. I know this feeling, and it's very upsetting, and I will do what I can to help guide you through this so this does not happen again. I often am spaced out or talking to my friends in exactly this position on, Ride of the Res on Rise of the Resistance. Excuse me. I said Ride of the Resistance. Oh, we don't have Jeff this week, so we're not going to edit it. We're just going to keep going. Um, I have been sternly told exactly what to do and just forgotten my color and messed it up and just not paid attention. And I just want to say, and I want to emphasize up top, it's not your fault. It is not your fault. The queuing process mid-ride where riders are assigned a color is not user-friendly. I don't know who invented this. It does not work. They have not put in a fix. And yet we are still dealing with this to date. It is honestly genuinely poorly done. They want you to walk over to a color, which always, like, already doesn't make much sense. And then two or three minutes later, remember what color you were assigned when you first walked up. That's not how boarding a ride works. That's like saying you're in row five on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and then just having you go take a lap before coming back and sitting down in your row. Not a chance. So do not feel bad for filling in all available space or doing whatever your body chose to do at that time because it is confusing from the jump and it is not your fault. As for the cast members on Rise of the Resistance, the thing is, the better they are at their job, the more uncomfortable you're going to be. Truly, if they are doing their job correctly, you're going to be stressed. So I'd recommend leaning into it. The thing is, you could cower and just kind of break it and say, oh, please be nice to me. I'm extremely scared of you. But they might dial it up and torture you more. Or you could be playful back at them and they might 
mess with you more than they would have originally. I think if you're really genuinely scared of being yelled at them, which I wholeheartedly understand, oh my gosh, I think your best bet is to play the part of first order sympathizer and then they'll have no reason to bother you. You'll be on the same team. Your role in all of this on the attraction is that you're a member of the resistance. So inverting that can help solve this problem. Maybe even say something like, I recognize Kylo Ren as my ultimate leader, and they're more likely to cut you some slack since they'll know you're both on the same side. And at the end of the day, just remember, their job is to make you believe that you are really on a Star Destroyer. And if they accomplish that, yes, it's terrifying and yes, it's upsetting, but in a way it's a good thing because that means they're fully setting the scene and making this ride come to life. I am so sorry this happened to you. I hope that uh, these tips can help improve your experience next time. I hope you do well on your next go around and I wish you the best. I believe in you. You can do it. uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Carly, I'm going to try to match your energy level, which I think would be impossible. 
But uh, this is Tyler from Alberta, Canada. I am planning a trip down with my wife. That's right, no kids. <laughs> um, we uh, went on our honeymoon down in Disney World, and we're going there for 15 years. Uh, I have a kind of food search for you. I need to know salmon, the best salmon on property. My wife loves salmon. That's kind of the one thing that she'll say, this is the place to go. I'm looking at uh, the Harbor House in Liberty Trees, uh, Liberty Square. Um, I, w- I got to know. I got to know where the salmon is, what is the best taste and stuff, what's the best. You know, I got to know the Carly opinion, the Carly thoughts, which one is not worth it, which one should we stay away from. All those questions. Let's have a salmon-based ba- <laughs> salmon uh, uh, episode or at least a, a little rant from you. Um, yes, thank you so much for, for what you do and the high energy you keep. Your excitement is contagious. Okay. As someone who eats so much salmon, it could probably eventually become like a mercury poisoning problem. I got you. And mom, I don't have mercury poisoning. Don't call me. I just like salmon. Um, This also proves to me that this podcast is a worthwhile space because where else can you get on the phone and inquire about salmon in a theme park? nowhere nowhere I love it here I love all of you I love to help I love this call and I love that I am able to provide this service to my fellow salmon fans so often at Disney World it's not really a question of where is their good salmon where is their bad salmon it's just kind of like salmon take it or leave it so just keep that in mind they're I've had salmon all over the park. It's usually it's usually good. Sometimes it's great. But there's never been one salmon dish I've had where I'm like, Hachicha! I gotta get this every time I'm back. Obviously, quick service salmon is gonna be inferior to a nice restaurant. But alas, I got you regardless. And I did some research and I have some very specific tips for you. Some of these salmons I have not had, but they sound great. And I would happily eat them on my next trip to the parks. So... Since this call applies to about six people out there, I will blow through it quickly. And thank you to the rest of you for your patience. Uh, As we've discussed before, Columbia Harbor House, Magic Kingdom's only quick service salmon. It's worth getting. It can vary from kind of like meh to good, but don't be afraid to return it and ask for another one if it comes out hard and dry. Like it it can happen and it's worth mentioning. Over at Epcot, I would recommend heading to Tokyo Dining. They have this grilled salmon yakimono served with sweet yuzu miso, which sounds great. I haven't had that, but... But I, re- I really want that. Sweet yuzu miso. Ooh. You can also head to Chefs de France. As you know, I love it there. Uh, and they have a seared salmon on both the adult and the kids menu in case you wanted to do like a kids meal salmon. Maybe like a French onion soup. Pair that together for a lunch or a dinner. Very legit. Highly recommend. Uh, if you exit the park, you go around the corner. Flying Fish, of course, has salmon of note. They specialize in sustainable seafood. And they have this Verlasso salmon, which is really interesting. They're, the fat content of Verlasso salmon is somewhere between farmed and wild salmon. They have a really interesting website. I will not bore you. I read too much of it, but I recommend go- Googling Verlasso salmon if you want to know more. And if you want a really good salmon dish, I would probably head straight to Flying Fish. Now, back in the parks, Animal Kingdom, there is a miso salmon with coconut ginger rice at Yak and Yeti, which I had no idea about, but I would love to eat. And at Disney's Hollywood Studios... Hollywood Brown Derby, okay, they have this salmon in like a a kind of puff pastry? Please go get that and report back on it because I am very curious. Uh, When I'm going to Hollywood Brown Derby, I know I talked about this. I'm usually getting the things they talk about or the Escargot Casino, which I had last time because you know this is a pro snail podcast. But still, like, 
I would never think to go there for a piece of salmon and a puff pastry. And I'm intrigued, especially since I think I'm off of that Cobb salad now that it just reminds me of like a mama bird chewing up baby bird food. It does. It does. Uh, And on the flip side, there is a pan-seared salmon pasta and sci-fi dine-in that I'd steer clear of. It sounds utterly cursed. And (laughs) I looked up a photo of it and there's just big old chunks of salmon inside a pasta. I've never, I've never been served that. I've never had pasta with just like chunks of salmon in it not does not look appealing especially like eating it in a fake car um buyer beware (laughs) that's all I'm gonna say but basically any upscale hotel restaurant or restaurant outside of the parks you go to a Disney World they're probably gonna have salmon and it's not gonna suck um None of them stick out to me as ones you absolutely have to travel to, but there is one place I'm sending you to. It is the local green food truck at Disney Springs West Side. I tried on my multiple trips to Disney World recently to make it to this food truck. I was never hungry enough. I was so full. I couldn't possibly think of eating more food, but they have a salmon Philly. And let me read the description to you from the restaurant website, not the the food truck just says salmon Philly. Uh, But this is the description from the actual restaurant. Fresh grilled salmon topped with seasoned grilled peppers, mushrooms and onions covered with melted vegan mozzarella, drizzled with our special tangy liquid gold sauce, served on a toasted brioche roll. And apparently you can order it extra crispy at the restaurant. So you can probably do that here too. Um, I, I hope this was helpful. I hope you enjoy these salmons. And let me know if you got any of these and if you liked them. I'm all ears. Thanks so much for calling. Hi, Kylie. This is Christine. Wanted to say thank you so much for getting me through the pandemic. Your podcast is amazing. I did have a question. Wanted to see if you could feature or talk more about Fantasmic, which is literally the best Disney show ever in the whole wide world. Been watching it since a kid. Um, since I was a kid, I uh, wanted to hear your take on like the different versions that have um, come and gone, and yeah, any background information behind the scenes stuff that you may know. Um, I recently got to go on to the island where they do the stage, and I recreated as best I could a little bit of the Mickey choreography. Um, and lived out a little bit of my dream. <laughs> but yeah, be good to hear um, what you've got about that. Thank you so much. Have a great day. So I don't want to get too much into how the sausage is made of podcasting, but I really, really wanted to do a Fantasmic episode. It didn't happen. Uh, it just, it, it didn't happen. I really wanted to do it. It didn't happen. I hear you. I would have loved to. It didn't happen. I'm sorry. I wish it happened. It, it didn't come together, but I really wish it did. So please know I'm, I'm out there trying. I'm out there trying. But sadly, this one, for reasons unbeknownst to me, did not come through. I apologize, but thank you for calling. Hey, Carly. I have a Disneyland question for you. What are the logistics of the Main Street horses at Disneyland? I know their stable used to be right in the park, so I assume they would just walk them through backstage to the front of the park and back. But they had to take it out to make room for Galaxy's Edge. And now I'm reading that they live like 40 minutes away in a place called Norco, which seems like kind of a long commute. So, like, where do they go now when they aren't on Main Street? Did they get a horse-sized break room? And how do they get back and forth to the park every day? I'm picturing the horses just get up each morning and drive a Prius to their 9-to-5 at Disneyland. And although this is a very pleasing mental image, I'm just dying to know how this actually works. So thanks for getting to the bottom of this. Love the podcast for giving me a weekly dose of the parks while I'm stuck in Canada and too scared to travel yet. (laughs) Thanks. 
the way in which I am so obsessed with this call that I held it for, for a time when I could sit down and truly yell about it. And that day has finally come. And I am so, so happy. So, okay. Yes. Uh, the Main Street horses from Disneyland do live in Norco. It's about 35, 40 minutes away from Disneyland Resort. The horses live on a beautiful Circle D ranch. Uh, there's a few links that I will put in the show notes that are stories Disney's done about it. One is the um, Orange County Register. They've also done a story. These horses seem like they are living the life. So I, I, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with all of this. I love that they truly like have a farm full of well-cared-for horses that are the Disneyland horses. Ugh. But let's get into the fun tidbits because I have so many things I want to tell you about. So horses, they're just like us because they, when they're working, are driven into Disneyland and they apparently hang out in stalls backstage. I truly thought when Disneyland put out all this information, like, oh yeah, the horses moved to uh, the Circle D Ranch, like the horses moved. I thought that was kind of them being like, see, we didn't make them in a glue. I truly like did not realize that these horses were straight up commuting to the park. I had no clue. Uh, I'm blown away by it. It's very funny to think about them being like, oh, gotta, gotta head to the office, gotta parade down Main Street. Just horses as CMs. It's very cute. And also uh, Disneyland likes to play that up because apparently each of the horses each have their own Disney name tags and you can see them uh inside the carriage that they pull on stage I did not know this I have not seen this uh if anybody else has seen it let me know because it sounds absolutely adorable now if you're wondering like where are these horses at these horses are commuting to Disneyland they're not like in a break room like regular old humans they are held in an area that's located just behind Indie, like just, and they're just frequently walked around backstage. Um, apparently, like, pe- like cast members are told to kind of avoid them when they're on stage, just to, like to keep the horses focused. But apparently, backstage, they'll sometimes be like, "Come over and see the horse," and all the CMs are allegedly very, very excited and stoked when a horse comes around. Um, The last little tidbit I learned while asking around is that they exercise the horses backstage by hooking their harness up to an old tractor tire, and then they just pull it along with a golf cart following behind to scoop up poopy. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it so much. I love these little horsey employees. Oh, it's so good. Um, I hope this answered all of your your horse questions. Um, I, I am so thrilled to just give this visual of them having their own little name tags, living their little life. And thank you so, 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 so much for this call. Oh, so much for this call. Thank you all so much for listening. You can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts and rate and follow us on Spotify. I see every review that comes through on Apple Podcasts. I'm grateful for all of them. Please keep leaving them. It's like a little, you know, it's like a little community bulletin board that you can leave for other future listeners to let them know that this podcast is a good time. It's like a theme park ride for your ears. That's a terrible comparison. <laughs> if I wasn't editing this podcast myself, I would cut it, but I am. 
am. So we're going to leave it in. Anyway, I really, really appreciate it. If you've never rated or officially followed or subscribed to us, please do. It makes a huge difference in however the algorithm does the podcasty things and it helps us find uh, new listeners to the podcast so that we can keep this thing going. So I appreciate it so, so much. You can give us a call anytime at 747churros. You can also text us a voice note to 747churros or email it to 747churros at gmail.com. The Very Amazing Shop is back up and loaded with merchandise. You can get tees, you can get sweatshirts, you can get hats, you can get loads of stuff at very-amusing.com. And if you listen to this in time for the next few days, head to my Instagram. We are doing a giveaway. I'm giving away a t-shirt or sweatshirt of winner's choice plus a hat from the Fairy Amusing web store. So if you want to enter that, uh, go to my Instagram and uh, leave a comment. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you'll be the winner. Speaking of, you can follow me at Carly Weisel on Instagram if you want to enter that contest and on Twitter and on TikTok, which uh, the more Disney and Universal breaking news there is, the more stuff I'm throwing up on TikTok. So I guess I'm begrudgingly unwillingly there. I don't love the platform, but then again, I mean, if I'm already making a video, I might as well just throw it on there. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. You can join the Fomaly at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Weisel. This episode was not edited by Jeff Fox because I had the files in too late. It was edited by me. So if anything sounds bad, just let me know directly. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, honey. I have to tell you, I am so excited. I'm so excited because I'm going away with you, just me and you. We're going to Disney. We're going on the Disney Witch. I am so excited that I am literally hibernating in my house. I've told my friends not going to the gym, not going out to lunch, not going out to dinner, not even taking walks with my friends. I don't want to be by anybody. I am going to make this trip. I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to pass my COVID test. So I am so excited. So all I've been doing is packing. The last couple of weeks, I'm packing, I don't know, I'm packing sweaters, shirts. It might be 100 degrees. I might have to repack. My luggage is at full capacity at 49 pounds. I have two carry-ons, and I'm going to layer myself. So I know where you got your packing skills from. It was me. And, yes, this is Disney content because we are going to Disney, and I'm packing for Disney, so I'm so excited. All right, back to business. So the caller with the food issues who's going to Disney with her sister, I think it was Lindley. Yes, healthy snacks. Justin's peanut butter 
is my favorite. They're little packets. They fit in your purse. They fit in your pocket. But put them in a plastic bag because sometimes they leak a little bit. They open a little at the top. But you can get those at Whole Foods. They're amazing. They're not expensive. And it's a great way to have protein. Um, I always make sure I have snacks. And if there's a chance where I can get a banana, I put the peanut butter on the banana. It is so good. Um, also, for healthy bars, I like the Simply Bars because they're mostly all natural. And tuna packets. Not the cans, but the flat tuna packets. I will put it in my purse. I will put it in my carry-on. So even if on a flight you get there, you're hungry, nothing's open, it's perfect to have that. And, yes, I agree with Carly, hard-boiled eggs. And if you're going to ever get a chance to go to Hoopy-Doo, the salmon piece that I ate filled and overflowed on my dinner plate. It was so, so good. And they'll give you more if you want more. It's amazing. I just want to say I love you. I can't wait to see you. I'm so happy I'll be with you every minute. I'm sorry for you. I'm happy for me. And we will be wearing our very amusing clothes. We need to talk about it so we can coordinate. I love you. I'm so happy. I cannot wait for the days to pass by till I see you. I love you, honey. Bye.